Welcome to Gideon, guys. I'm Johnny Hedgepath. And I'm Travis Washington. And this is the podcast where Travis and I break down every episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, my favorite show, and one that Travis is watching for the first time. And before we get to the show, uh, two things. So I brought up the Netflix synopsis. If I realized I forgot to send it to you. And so I'm looking down at the at the at the header. It's like a glory shot of the entire team from season one, and it just hit me. The season seven is about to uh, start this month. Right, right. I saw the promotional poster. Oh, the poster looked awesome. They're funny stuck that, in the, the timing of it. The timing of it uh, is funny about how we just saw the uh, the our episodes from the twenties. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same. I was thinking the same thing earlier. I was going, are they going to run into themselves in Paris? Um, but the only original cast member left is Katie Lotz. I'm just looking at this wow. whole list of actors and going, nope. Yeah. And as far as one of them who was rumored that he'd have some guest shots right in, in this season, one uh, Dominic Purcell. Yeah, uh he's, once again he's not on that poster. No. Oh no, no. But once again, uh that might not happen as a some it, it's almost like a segment now. Someone needs to take away Dominic's phone. Uh oh, really? Yeah, he I tweeted, haven't heard anything. Yeah, he I guess it's, it gets, yeah, it's just not making news anymore. Now, well, it's it was nothing super offensive, but it's uh, he basically said, "I don't need the money." W, you know, Warner Brothers treats their actors like shit, and then the show sucks now. And uh, someone said, "You know, what would be great the Mick show," and he, and he said something to say, "Was like, oh, the Warner Brothers wouldn't, you know, they don't have the balls to do something with hyper masculinity." <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny because what he's complaining about is the reason why the show became the hit that it is and has the fan base that it generally does. It's why it's so silly. Yeah. I, I liked it better when no one was watching the show. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's tough. Whatever. What's he what's he doing otherwise? Anything? No what's idea. Yeah. Um apparently surfing and dating a woman far too young for him is far as i can tell he's little hey. jerry the king lawler there <laughs> um but in good news our friends at bebo's legends podcast are back yeah i saw that that's great yeah they uh and not only back but it was them i, I believe with the the two hosts of the supergirl podcast the house of danvers and I they know. interviewed and i'm gonna butcher his name but they interviewed uh shahan savayan Mm-hmm. who is like he's the main cast member on ledges now he's bayrod and yeah. uh i was like oh good for them that's coming back with a with a blast yeah yeah no that's crazy that's cool mm-hmm. so good, good for them and good and uh once again it's great to know that nisi is feeling better and uh back of course it. yeah it's like I, that was a big thing that uh, i knew that there was a bit of a health scare and everyone was going to be okay but that was the reason why they're off and to see that they are back and running that must mean that everybody's super duper okay so that's mm-hmm. right. and stupid me i just shut the netflix down so hold on a second <laughs> ah, it's the 20s all Chicago right Chicago style right that, 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 that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a oh speaking, yeah speaking of that man boy this episode uh, uh gideon gang the capones the capones yeah yes yeah, yeah that's coming but we're at season four, episode six. Tender is the Nate. 
After a surprise inspection on the Wave Rider, Hank joins the team in 1920s Paris to hunt down a monster, dash, dash, with a little help from Ernest Hemingway. Mm. 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 I just want to get this out of the way with Hemingway. It is clear, and it'll, it'll go into it when we do the Capones. It is clear. Whoever wrote this one, not a fan of Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> What's oh, really? Uh, well, no, I mean, they finish it up with uh, uh, that it is. Uh, he does quote him at the end. Yeah, he quotes uh, him at the end. But... To, to say about what they had learned from him kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, but I was... also, you know what I'm not a fan of? What? The writer of this episode. It was, <laughs> it, it was a bit of a mess, man. A bit of a mess. And full of, like, uh, like two, was, remember, our, our second episode was... Um, uh, kind of downer right mm. <laughs> this one was just oh boy <laughs> i mean we'll get it there's stuff i like it was really uneven uh but some of it was just like it's it's an episode <laughs> shut shut the fuck up i'll tell you that's gonna be my <laughs> my 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 character that's a, it's my dad my dad he, uh, comes out in me every once in a while now oh, okay oh well if it well it might be about it, oh gosh i bet you it's about something that i enjoyed so yeah let's all get right. to it but i as far as all the episodes we've seen this season and the ranking we we did the other day I, it's yeah. it's five out of six of of the six we've seen so far, as far as I'd rank them, the Salem oh, yeah, is sure. still six. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot I enjoy in this one too. But it's it's it it's a bit Phil of a mess. Phil Clemmer. Phil Clemmer and Matthew Mala. Mm-hmm. So we start at the time bureau and uh, Mona's late. And uh, Ava's all terse about it. And Mona, she's got like a box of shit to put in her cubicle and uh including like a golden girls doll or some shit. And uh and Ava's like, no. And I was like, good for you. Because you know what? Sometimes I have to go work and go into offices. And I look at people's cubicles and I'm like, are you, what are you, eight? What the fuck is going on here? Be a fucking professional. Bring in your yeah. fucking toy story. I feel like, I feel like um, uh, the Reggie, Coach Reggie, about Paul Newman in uh, Slapshot when he's on the phone complaining about the Hanson brothers. They brought their fucking toys with them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in the cell block, they are checking in on the copay, and we find out that the force fields are coded to the DNA, so people can pass shit in and out, but they can't get out. Yeah. And Mona, and it's just blank. It's nothing. And Mona's like, well, you need some palm trees and shit. And they, Ava's basic uh, tenant is, look, these are prisoners, not our friends. And to show this, she takes her to Nora, a dark cell. And Mona tries to be nice and Gives her a book called Uncaged Desire by Rebecca Silver. Mm-hmm. Anything and to that? Is that just uh, meant to just, be nothing? Just to be no, nice. no. Hold on. The reason I said okay. it like that. Hold on to it. it okay. That's a thing later. <laughs> okay, but nothing. But it, it's nothing that I should have known from. Before. No, no, no. Okay, no, okay, no. okay. Uh, Nor's like, look, just leave me alone. So we're at Ava's office. And Sarah arrives in a trench coat and a fucking teddy. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. I was like, hmm. I know Nora closed her eyes. <laughs> I was going to say, did you put your hands over her eyes? During no, this? no, she did it herself. 
but she knew that this was too uh too adult for her i think she got embarrassed mm. it's one of those things like you see like stuff like that. you don't be sitting next to your dad watching that on TV. i can i can imagine because they're it's they're not coy about it it's like you know i'm gonna eat your pussy for your birthday right here in your office and they make no bones about what is about to happen and i thought i'm like well that's a step forward on this show it's usually they're cuddling in bed or the kiss and like whoa they went there hmm, okay mm-hmm. so hank comes in and sarah has to jump up into the rafters or some shit and she they drops her shoe and has to roll around and get that and hank doesn't notice her and hank's mad about the legends uh on all the money they spend on condiments and costumes and and the time drives like why do you need why do you need a new time drive she's like well rip blew it up sacrificing himself for the universe and he doesn't even give a shit he's like hmm. <laughs> I get, that made me giggle okay. what didn't make me giggle uh-huh. was these two lines because it was just it was, too, it was too on the nose it's like if I didn't know better you'd I'd say you were in bed with the legends either that or Captain Lance is screwing you I'm like okay uh yeah there was dialogue this is among some of the worst dialogue in the history of this show this episode it was just one cringe line after another um yeah keep going (laughs) let's get through this get through this scene there's so many like i like i'm feeling like i'm feeling uh residual cringe from my daughter (laughs) ava she tells us she's like look i know your team is worth it uh Sarah's like, well, well, we'll try to tighten our belts and some shit. So we cut to Hank and Nate. And uh, Nate's like, well, how about a ride along? I can show you where I used to live. And, you know, and uh, Hank's like, okay, good. Let's, let's go now. And he's trying to stall, but uh, Hank pulls the boss card. And uh, cut to ad with, let's go see what the legends are up to. Like That, that could have been in the ad <laughs> this week. Right. So Sarah and Ava see them portal on the wave rider and Sarah tries to run to get to it, but hits a delivery guy with a happy birthday cake that she had ordered for Ava and Mona sees it and grabs it. So uh, Sarah calls the team, tells them, you know, they're on their way. Uh, don't go to the lab because uh, that's where Charlie is. Mm-hmm. So Hank and Nate go, uh, appear on the empty bridge and uh, Nate's stalling. And he says, this is the parlor spelled with a U because our first captain was British. I I got that. That got a giggle out of me. It's just been so full of cringe lines and every now and then. Oh, there's a good one. I like like that one. It's just, yeah, I I suppose. One of the better ones. But Ray runs in and uh, Hank's all wants to know why it takes so many of them to, to run this ship. And they do this recurring joke where like Ray says, well, we need six people. And Nate says, you mean five. And then he meets Gideon and Gideon keeps going, you know, eight, if you count me. And they do it like twice. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> it's all just so, oh, I'm just and really thinking it's too cute for its own good and too this, That's very cutesy. This one is yeah. very, trying to be very overly cutesy uh, mm-hmm. with the, with the dialogue. It's a, it's a first pass Gilmore Girls script. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. And at times it's just good source. Have you seen what Phil Clever looks like? He's one of the show yeah. writers. Oh yeah, I've seen him. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Wait Clever. We enjoy your work. 
<laughs> just just like the, the picture on his uh on his uh on the arrowfandom.com wiki could not mm-hmm. it's just like as you said gilmore girls it is like his eyes lit up i wish you could <laughs> see this well my eyes lit up too i've seen every episode of gilmore girls twice I'm, yeah i love it it's a great show yeah i enjoyed it yeah or I, I didn't watch the last season after oh, the last season sucked the last season I, did, sucked. I didn't watch the netflix one either. the netflix one was parts of it were great parts of it sucked um Anything with Kelly Bishop dealing with the death of the grandfather, yes. with the, the grandmother dealing with that, was fantastic. It was oh, yeah. the main reason to watch the show. But it, it, it was there's way too much of that gang of rich idiots that she hung out with that would, would that were just the most hateful characters ever on television. Yeah, <laughs> like, why are we going back to these guys for like a half an hour? This is terrible. So. You know, there's already a Gideon, a Gideon uh, Gilmore a guy's podcast. So, all right, past that joke. Uh, then he meets Gideon with a new look. They they glammed up Gideon, and Wait. I don't I don't remember if this sticks around or not. It's the uh, blue the blue face there. Yeah, she's less of a computer and more like a floating blue face. Yeah. It just looked like they gave it a, a second kind of thing of textures that they had a little bit a little bit left in the CGA budget, <laughs> so they could <laughs> give it one more pass through the through the uh, through the uh, Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> like it's still really early, it's still really early, but uh, it's a they, they look like they yeah they tried to polish it up a little bit. It's like it's like they've gone up from PS2 to PS3 graphics with a lot of eyeshadow. I noticed. Yeah. 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 It was uh, weird. I don't know. You say you're not sure if it comes back again. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of when you're. Yeah, because I can't see him falling. I don't. I don't see her in the, uh, in the in the poster. Oh, she's in the. Oh, she's in the poster because. Oh, is she? Oh, oh yeah, this she, season because she's oh, all this, human and this stuff. This season she's human. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I see. The continued feminization of the show for girls. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so. She explains how she could do almost anything. Is like, then what do you need all these guys for? And even then, I'm going, well, clearly, Hank, she can't go off the ship and do missions. And that, that's one of the things that that's the the nerd complaint in to me. I'm like, come on, dude. Right. <laughs> so Z runs in right in the nick of time and tell him not to go to the lab. So Nate says, "Well, take you to the library. That's my domain." And they get there, and Constantine's doing nude yoga. <laughs> in the library that's pretty cool that was pretty good i mean oh yeah as soon as he shows up then it's like also oh yeah oh yeah man like he's he's becoming my favorite actor on this show for sure mm. and the first thing he says while he's naked, naked is have been to the lab yet nate because he and mick don't give a fuck and can't wait yeah. to see the look on his face when he sees charlie and mm. that made me laugh mm. and so yeah they meet sarah and mick and mick says the same thing hey you seen the lab yet and so they go there and they see Charlie. Nate thinks it's Maya and uh, gives her a hug and she decks him. And uh, it makes smiling in the background, which I like because it was like, yep, that's what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, all of this was so, well, that's that kind of thing. And that was, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like he could have like dropped to the ground. You know, it could have been like a little more than just, well, 
I thought you'd move to Paris for the summer. That's what it was kind of, it was a little too, oh, I thought we were told we were never going to see you again. You were the love of my life. Um, I don't know. It, it like, uh, and then it was all just kind of, well, that's that kind of thing and moving on. Basically. In, in so much as they do, a, we'll talk about it, but they do a plot line about it's coming up here. Yeah. Where Sarah's like, look, I need you to try to pretend to be a Maya for Hank. And it never comes up. Jesus. It never comes up. That, that that plot string of her having to pretend mm. doesn't have any payoffs because she's not on the fucking mission. Right. It, it, it's, it just they stops right in the middle. It's really fucking weird. Yeah. Um, so Sarah... Oh, Ray had put this one when he and when Sarah's describing this, Ray says, like, sounds like classic legends hijinks to me. I'm like, it's not fun when you just hit it on the nose like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sometimes just show. Don't don't tell show. Yeah. So Sarah's idea is we need to show Hank a good time on a mission. And then they realize shit, we left with Mick and Mick's drinking and Hank says, oh, drinking while you're working? This is nuts. So Sarah and Nate pop in all like overly chippy about, hey, what wacky adventure are we going to go to? And it's Paris in 1927 as the magic meter goes off. And uh, then he takes out his little pad because he's like, we'll take seven of you, eight, eight with the robot. Mm-hmm. Inefficient. And Sarah explains that we'll split the teams. <sighs> Another thing doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, but she makes a point of, of showing that, yeah, no, like, I do know what I'm doing here, and, and like, mm-hmm. like, I was good there. That was good there. So here's the one thing I liked here was what he said something about getting uh, punched. Uh, oh, that's the best dick. part right here. Yeah. It's... and and she's like, "You ever been hit by a a girl, uh, Hank?" Hank? <laughs> um, he's like, "No," and so I'm like, "Oh." Fuck, she, there's got to be a reason for her to punch him in the face in this episode. That was like showing a loaded gun. Or I'm thinking this guy's getting punched in the face by a woman at some point in this episode. Uh, spoiler alert: no punch for Biff. No Tannen. Tannen goes fucking punchless. Oh, I don't think that was necessary because the yeah. way he says, the way he says, "No, ma'am," that's yeah, when he shits I his see. pants, and you're I like, see. "Okay." Yeah. Uh, to me, I, I really wanted to see him get punched in the face. I am broad. Jeez, between the, you know, you see between the actress who played the fairy godmother and this old man, you just want to see old people get punched in the fucking face. That's right, <laughs> fetish. So Sarah splits them into teams, and again, this doesn't make any sense because they make a point of it later, where the ones who get left behind. Like, oh, they just didn't want to bring us because we'd be an embarrassment. And like, you left behind Ray and took Mick, though. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> no. Like, Ray uh, speaks French, by the way. Ray speaks, well, yeah. I guess they all do. I don't, I don't know. The, the, oh, yeah, the, what about the, those? They still got those, those languages. <laughs> they swallowed else. in season one. <laughs> you can just pound those back. Yeah. <laughs> just, and then you're set. Like, I can't believe I remembered that stupid thing from. I remember. I can't believe I remember. You've seen these episodes more than once. Mm. (laughs) Because what Hank says to Nate is like, "Hey, well, at least I didn't get cold cocked by a girl." Uh, So, there. 
So they go to Paris. It's the Cafe du Dom. And I'll say this for this episode. I love this set piece and oh, I love the costumes. The art direction is incredible. Again, this is like yeah. among the high, among, the, and again, I've said this before every time they hit a home run. This is among the best they've ever done. And, and they do, but they do it all the time. They are the biggest. There should be fucking Emmy nominations for the art direction on this show. If, uh, not, like, you know, nothing else quite gets to big boy pants. Although we're, we're talking about like stuff. Cause we've got, we're really kind of a, a niche of a niche, but they do that niche of a niche beautifully at times from what I've seen so far. And I assume it only gets better, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing this. I'm, I think here's what I was thinking the other day is we're getting pretty close to where they were when we started doing this. Right. What, what had they just finished? What Like um, when we started doing Gideon guys, had they just wrapped season four, or season five? Oh, I don't remember. It was a year yeah, I don't and a half ago. So, I know, I know. So, but I think we're getting pretty close to where they were when you th- when you got the the brainchild to to put these two lunkheads, these two no, lovable no, no, lunkheads no, 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 together. No, 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 no. It was at least another season. It was at least okay, another okay. season okay. and a half. Because I want to see when we get yeah. there. I want to see when we get there. Because yeah. then I will have known. Like, okay, this is when this is when Johnny knew this was like such a. It was something uh, I've been like, wanting to do for a long time, and I just, mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. And then I found you, man. <laughs> Have Tom Wilson sing a song for us. Yeah. yeah but anyways, like that's, if there's one thing, everything's, oh God. If everything, like everything, we've seen improvement in a lot all around. Like today's episode aside, this is like a bit of a speed bump, but that art direction I thought was always good. And it's only got better. It's only got mm-hmm. better. The art, the art direction, and the uh, and the makeup, and the and the wardrobe are so good. Like even like little things, like uh, the way um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sarah's uh, makeup in um, in uh, nineteen twenty seven looked great too. It, like and hair, everything, all these little things, it's perfect. I mean, down to Dolly's mustache. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Sarah. Says, look, it's a recon mission. Uh, of course, uh, Nate's like, hey, it's Dolly. And Hank's like, oh, the weirdo. And then he sees Hemingway. He's Papa. And yes. and Sarah first, Sarah says, hey, your grandfather's here. And Nick's like, thought he blew up in space. <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> and, and then here's where my, the kind of my problems uh, pop up. I go, well, they established that Hank is obsessed with Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. And he's shocked that he's there. He would have known that he'd be there at that time period if he was. But is it at this specific party? Or, or like, or do you know? Have... Or like, like, I mean, are they going to well, know that Nate all walks in, these... Nate walks in and goes, does the history right. lesson thing that he always does is the cafe de Dorm. No, maybe he hasn't maybe he hasn't done the yeah no he was doing i like that i like that because that was kind of a play on a trope and it was smooth the way they kind of rolled out of it right but um and maybe but then maybe that shows you that he wasn't really doing his homework and didn't kind of maybe put two and two together that he was going to be there and, and besides was- if he if he really is this fangirl for uh for for ernie then then of course he's gonna uh uh mark out like that he thinks he's the original man of action. That's why they need to talk to Hemingway. Yeah. But Do- Nate over here is Dolly saying that he saw a creature in the catacombs. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So Nate goes over and explain it to me, and he art explains it. Doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, but wait, wait, aren't we gonna like when do we hit the when do we hit the the music? Because I know oh, we we're, we're about to hit the music. We're about yeah, to yeah, hit yeah. the music because okay. we just saw, well we just saw Dolly there, but right, we're about to hit the music, and Nate says, "Draw me a picture," and it is time. How many Capones, Mr. Capone? It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I canceled tickets to the opera because I heard there was new players in town. All oh, time episode. All time Capone episode. And a big deal for me. I know. Uh, too, or a big deal for the show, too. Yeah. Is that uh, occasionally, well, this is two shows in a row where I've known uh, actors. And this is uh, one I'm actually, uh, you know, somewhat in touch with. I, I reached out to him. We'll get to him later. But uh, we've got, yeah, three three Capones tonight. Oh, we got it. Or, or do you count? Or do we count four? Do we count? Uh, oh, the Fitzgeralds uh, are one Capone. Oh, really? I uh, no, so. I disagree. Well, all right, okay. No, no, I have to I'm abstain. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I'm willing. Okay. I'm willing to. Well, no, I was. That was. You know, that, that's fine. Uh, but it's yeah. it's Hemingway, Dolly, and the each Fitzgerald. So it's four yeah. Capones. Yeah. So, we want to do them all right now, or do you want to wait till we get to them? Uh, Let's do it as we get to them, or as we, okay. we go to them, because I mean, because uh, Hemingway has the most meat to it. Obviously. Oh yeah. So yes, let's, but, let's yeah. Well, first of all, let's start with Dolly then. Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. I give Dolly two capones. I really for one reason and one reason only. Yeah. Towards the end, where, where Hemingway is describing how he fought the beast, and he goes, I aimed and I shot. And the, the Dolly guy goes, Oh, it, it, it made me fucking really? laugh. I was like, Okay, that yeah. was his choice, and it fucking killed me. So that's okay. all I needed for that. Yeah, I wouldn't go that high. Two is high, by the way. It's high. In oh, no, case... I get it. It's high. I loved them. Yeah, I loved them. Yeah. Really? That's like yeah. among the best. That's among the best we've it's ever just for that. It's just for that acting choice of the reaction. It yeah, I can go me. higher than a four and a half on, yeah, on Dolly. He was, he was uh, fine. He was like a little more caricature-ish. But also, and this is, I mean, usually Mr. Kosey is excellent because I still really want to get that phone call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think... Uh, I, don't, I mean, I, I, it just didn't really match the um, uh, the face as much as it could. They're, they're, that mustache mm. was doing that mustache was doing a lot of work. Uh, actor is fine. The actor is fine. Actor is yeah. fine. But it's also oh boy, and how hard is it? The guy, the guy looks like a caricature. So how hard is it? And we and we really just know him. Like it depends on like, or, like I don't know how much uh, exists in terms of interviews and things like that. I'm sure he did his homework, but um, it's it's not easy or not hard to uh to you know devolve into character with, or caricature with somebody like that i'd say so yeah four and a half it's not bad but uh, i can't I, I can't go as high as you I, I will tell you this also just the other week i was doing a service at this one place i do with a 1920s paris theme it's a restaurant cheese shop and store yeah and i every time i go in when i go into this one area there's Is everybody this... dressed like it's the 1920s? No, not at all. Okay. No. Uh, there's this little black and white picture of a young dolly that hangs above this one case. And I just mm-hmm. recently seen it. So I'm telling you, looks just like him. 
the young, a young yeah. 1920s doll. He looks just like him. I mean, the hair, know, I've seen, hairstyle. I've seen yeah. yeah but anyway, just some, no, yeah, no, anyway. I'm not trying yeah. to argue. I'm just okay. saying he, he did. He just saying he did look like him. Yeah. Uh, so now let's get to let's get to the big one. One that I'm very torn on. Papa, uh, Ernest Hemingway here. Travis, you go first. Uh, his overall performance. Yeah, I thought just, he he came off more like a um like Orson Welles type. I thought than a uh, than a, a full on Hemingway. And there are subtle differences because these are both again two um well known people who have been played. Uh, in different ways and both have like different levels of legend to them and stuff. I think I would have gone well no, for, in terms of number, uh, boy, I'd go higher than Dali. I'd go about a three. I'd go about a three on him because he was good. He was good. I just think maybe it needed a little more. I think I'd, you just remember him as being uh, an old man more than you remember him being a young man having these kind of things, or at least that's just the way that, I envision him as like an older drunk. Um, but I guess this is what he would be like. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Like, that was my one thing. That was, so I, what did I say? Have I given you a number? What did no. I say? Two? I, no, uh, three. Three. three, three. 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 Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's why I'm torn on it. Because. He's a great actor. He's a really good actor. I, I can see uh, uh, yeah. uh, stuff happening with this guy. Yeah, really? Sure. Okay, well, if he, well, okay, because if he was being directed to play over the top macho asshole guy who is quote unquote the villain of the episode, you know, he causes all the problems to, to the point where Sarah has to knock him out. I, I mean, they and they even make good lunch. That's for being on my eighth grade reading list. Someone wrote this, not a fan, like I said, and he's used yeah, as a stand in, he's used like, as a stand in. Well, he's being used as a stand-in for this brash, dumb machismo, and for and with with dialogue that is just. But that I think that's ugh. the only thing, and I think having to deal with that, uh, with with the dialogue that and his like, oh, see, rat- see, his, see his, he's uh, playing. See everyone, look, he's playing a macho. He's playing macho, and macho is dumb. See, here's another line that want that we want you to know. It was just over the head again and again. But I, that's what I mean. Like for for. To handle that um, and to deal with that kind of stuff. admiring his acting choices, so, so I'm gonna, I'm going go to have to, I'm gonna have to go five. I can't make up my mind. I'm going yeah. five on him because yeah. I because I hated him. I was like, and I'm new. I'm yeah. supposed to hate him. You're supposed yeah. to hate Hemingway in this episode. I didn't hate him. I didn't hate him. He's just oh. like, he's just a caricature. Um, he so this everything. director. So this director. Um, was not normally a director. He's normally a stunt coordinator. And they let him do he, really? he was able to direct. He's like stunt coordinator a, a ton of times. But he directed I, Ava, and Tender is the Name. Those are the two episodes he's directed. But he was a stunt coordinator for two, three, and four for like, you know, basically every episode. So, I, I mean, I think, I, I mean, I don't know if that's, this is something out of his comfort zone. I don't see, I mean, you have to explain a bit more about how, Hemingway ruins everything as we go here. Oh, but, well, uh, but I, I yeah. think, uh, I think he's just, he's just, he's moving. He's there just to me. He's just there to move the plot rather than, I don't think he's causing the conflict. He's oh. there to, to get, to get, to keep the conflict going, moving along. No, he's con- Well, we'll get to it, but he's constantly fucking up. Mm-hmm. 
he's lying to the crowd about what a hero he was. He, he just when they got the the beast tamed, he tries to shoot it and fucks it up. Um, my notes are freezing up, so we're gonna have to fucking. Uh, good start to go fund me for uh johnny johnny's typewriter typewriter it's 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 fucking word on my computer okay you know what we'll be right back provide bucket color preference red yellow lavender taupe magenta oh wait they are out of magenta. Robots don't know you. We do. I can do a quote on a new one. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need starts with a conversation. It's your future. Let's protect it. White. Hmm? You made uh, a couple grunts and moans as you walked away. And I, I... I totally want to use it the next time we're we're talking about a really good fight scene. <laughs> Boy, I can just imagine the way people felt afterwards. Oh, ah, oh. oh, dude, I'm such my legs are so fucked. I know, poor guy. <sighs> Welcome back to Gideon, guys, and uh, we took our break early this time, Travis. So uh, I guess no we, problem. You know uh, what couldn't else we got going on? on? Couldn't hold on long enough. It's typical among. Uh, Men our age, so I'm told. <laughs> What's going on, Palm Podcast Network? Yours, mine, and the truth is back, baby. Uh, we have first ever episode of, oh, and <laughs> you know what? I think, well, it's first of May to come. And to the point where I think it might just, it, whenever the three of us want to do this, we're going to get together, of staff picks, where it's me and our, our buddy Brad McNeil. You you know him. He's done uh, Titans mm-hmm. with us uh, once. And uh, uh, and my new, and our my buddy Scott, Scott McLeod, we used to work at Blockbuster together, and we got together and we talked about the uh, 2000 film Wonder Boys, uh, Curtis Haddinson uh, vehicle. Uh, it's really great. Uh, I mean, the episode, the, the the movie, I really enjoy too. Um, I recommend seeking out both. Uh, we, we do mention this at the end: is that it's it's not streaming anywhere, so it's hard to track down. Um, but it's uh, yeah, just, this you can't great. buy it. You can't buy it on Amazon. You can buy it. it. I'm sure. You, I'm sure you. Uh, it's not uh, it's not on any streaming services uh, okay so. anyways uh yeah it was a really fun conversation i encourage you guys to look it up uh um yeah tons of fun aside from that mystery titans theater man oh boy our oh last boy. one was uh was a, a, an all-timer just because so two of like my nearest and dearest friends here in vancouver max mitchell and zubin sundar joined us for part two of who's zooming who our um our uh six show uh six card series leading up to uh wrestlemania 3 and this one was uh, msg in january <laughs> and boy oh boy there's a paul orndorff uh george Steele match that really just had us all on the floor it was so stupid and so fun and such a good time so look for that on uh, youtube.com slash c slash jarvis washing machine we go live every other saturday on twitch.tv slash jarvis washing yeah, I did. I laughed so fucking hard. There's some of the hardest I've laughed in a long, long time was during that show. Uh. <laughs> I was yeah. I mentioned it. I mentioned it in because I was still uh, when I'm recording the uh, I recorded the outro, the intro and outro for uh, my podcast episode. I was still in a glow. It was two days later. I was still feeling the glow from that uh, show. Great times. 
You know, now's the time on the show where we like to check in with everyone's favorite immortal despot and see what he's drinking tonight. It's time for Savage Brew. Well, it's late Friday, Johan. It's late Friday, so we are not fucking around. I don't know if you had heard, but Canada just announced their brewing awards for the year 2021. And the very beer I am drinking today uh, finished with a silver medal. It's from uh, just down the street from your friend Jarvis uh, at Power Brewery. It's called Lazy Haze IPA by Power Brewery. And as I mentioned, Johan, it's it's Friday night. So this bad boy is 7%. We're getting fucked up. Uh, it's really good, full of flavor. Uh, the more I drink, the more I like. And, uh, and as well. The more I drink, the more I like you, Johan. The more I like you. Uh, one last thing. Not for you because of your very unsophisticated infantile palate, you pussy. Goodbye! <laughs> He's, he looks like he, he has stumbled out the door. <laughs> he, stumbled, he stumbled out the door. That was weird. That's good for him. Right. He's having a good. He's having. Yeah, I'm glad he's having a good time. It's Friday night. But I am DB curious. First up, trivia. Some actual trivia. Um, during the English lesson on the Wave Riders Bridge, a mask worn by the female DC superhero Katana can be seen on the shelf behind Constantine. And my eye caught that too. And uh, that's the little Easter egg kind of thing that I enjoy. Oh, cool, cool. Of course. Yeah, 17 of 17 found that interesting. Yeah, of course. That's what that's what those IMDB comments. That's what the IMDB comment designer made those in mind with. People who mm -hmm. are going to figure out that stuff, mm -hmm. and it's, and when and when they like are doing like a progress checker, quality check, and they see a seventeen out of seventy on that, like tip of the hat, that's what they can see that as for their handiwork. Yeah, goofs went a little weird with this one. Uh, with what I did with the IMDb. Uh, yeah, speaking time. of goofs, speaking of goofs. Oh yeah, what about uh, the goofy movie? Showed up at a, at a WWE show the other day. Oh, I, I forgot. Sign in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it said the Goofy movie is filth. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what that could possibly mean. I don't but know. That, okay, here's what I think. I mean, that's really funny. That's really, really funny. funny. And that guy it's had a really bunch. Funny. That guy had a bunch of signs. He had a bunch. I caught a few, yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. Does this dude a fucking plant? Uh, just a really good plant? No. Yeah, how well. All right. No, no, no. It's just the return of. I remember when guys that you'd see some actual witty signs. Yeah, but it back used to be so. But now, but then it was like uber police. Um, it, that's why it just seemed. Uh, it just seems interesting. Yeah, but the, 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 
Well, one okay. dude is what is he what is he wearing those in long sleeve shirts rolled up no think about it think about it okay they, they, they gotta look at the signs he's figured it out I and mean, there's certain things that can't be on the signs they're given those rules yeah um and imagine, i, I just yeah imagine just one of these guys the, is going through this it goes the goofy movie is filth and he probably just laughed and went yeah it's yeah. not breaking any of the rules. Go ahead. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I feel like uh, a, a while back it would have broke some rules. Anyways, goose, let's go. Hank Haywood claims that the Legends have spent $1.7 million on historical costumes. However, previous seasons have shown that the Wave Rider creates both historical clothes and equipment for the crew for free using Gideon's programming. He also made a similar complaint about the Legends food supply, which is actually provided by Gideon as well. The only situations that seem likely. And here's why I like this one. He's not just pointing out a goof. He's trying to give a solution to the goof within his goof right up. The only solutions that seem likely is that he was somehow misinformed about the legend's actions Hmm. or that Gideon creates them out of some unknown material like a 3D printer, which means the process does cost money. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. I was thinking about how much. Okay, I was like, wait a second. How much can this possibly cost if they've created this technology that's able to do this, what it is? I know. And I was kind of going over it in my head, too. Not to the point of this dude, but but um, anyways. Well, let me, let me tell you this. The whole plot point of, hey, how will I just pay for all this? It's used here for this effect. And let me tell you, Time Bureau doesn't stick around as a concept on this show. And. Then they have another reveal of how they fund everything. That's a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just, it's something they toss out there just for sure. story point and never. Or, really and just to like, and just in case that ever somebody could be like, okay, where the hell did that come from? It's like, oh, it's, well, you gotta, you gotta well, it's also, they had to come up with a fucking reason for this episode. Why does, why does Hank have to go on a mission? They're spending yeah. too much money. All right. You know, even though they established that Gideon makes all their shit. So. Mm-hmm so i but I, I like i like that this person you know offered an out there's some positivity there reviews now i went a total different way with the review i picked yeah. normally i like to make fun of some folks there's a whole bunch of this was just about mean shit about mona so i'm not doing any of that there was garbadian again and his his review was um, a really angry version of the goof I just read. Yeah. So I'm going with 10 out of 10 here from Thomas Grindle, 27. Hmm. This episode means nothing to the overall story arc of the season, but it's still. Wait, wait, the- wait. You know, I should have started. you know what really grindles my gears? <laughs> grindles my gears? It's the way he starts all his comments. All right. Well, now he does if he comes up again. <laughs> <laughs> This episode means nothing to the overall story arc of the season, but it is still one of the best episodes of the series. The Nate plot line was a lot of fun, especially when Hank started singing, which is something I hope they do again at some point. The Nora, Mona, Ava plot combined a lot of characters I didn't know I wanted to see together, but all of them had chemistry instantly. There were a few small things that I thought both added and took away from the overall story. There was some really good foreshadowing with Hemingway talking about bullfighting and Ray saying that he could leave and nobody would notice. And uh, he just goes on about some inconsistencies. Basically, he's like, regardless of its logical inconsistencies, the episode was charming, nicely written, and shows that Legends hasn't lost its touch. And 22 out of 28 found that helpful. 
and mm. I just wanted to go with something positive sure. uh, yeah, on yeah, that yeah. while we're kind of shitting on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I feel bad. I mean, I do feel like I said that is uneven, right? Like we've very, seen worse episodes. We've seen worse episodes. It just, just comes it. after when when things are going well and when things are all clicking. It just like for whatever reason, it kind of pissed me off a bit more than than it normally would. Yeah, this is the, this is never going to be like you know the entire season one of the sopranos on a bad episode in it it's never going to be like that you know that uh compared to what we've seen some season one stuff and of course yeah. all right so i'm back on the wave rider they're doing the ray trying to my fair lady with charlie that we already said that ends up not mattering and i guess she says rubbish and thought this this was almost proved to me that the original was wrote my this. favorite line of the whole. It was hilarious. Episode. Okay. I had to back it up a couple times. It was hilarious. It, Constantine goes, Americans don't say rubbish. They say, and he starts doing a perfect American accent. Yeah. And he yeah. says, they say garbage. And I'm American soccer, yardstick, ranch dressing, ranch dressing. Ranch, that was, it was so funny. ranch dressing. Oh my so God. Funny. I popped huge for that. This is what I'm saying. This guy is the best. Matt Ryan is the best. Yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, he's in that poster too, but you can't recognize him because uh, of different hair color and a beard. But hmm. but then he looks at Ray and goes, you know, and weasel. I'm like, why is he saying, why is he mad at Ray? I'm like, wait a minute. Did they write this with, yeah, we leave Mick on there because remember, Mick calls him a weasel. Constantine right. like goes weasel at Ray like he's the one that said it. I'm like, did they originally write this? Yeah, where it I made didn't sense? quite get why he ended with weasel because he's yelling at Mick and they switched yeah. the, the the script. But I couldn't remember who done it. Yeah, I don't know. They switched the, the like. Of course, you leave Mick on the ship, he'd be the embarrassment. But for whatever reason, like, you know what else? Who else would be also get drunk and convinced to, to go run around with Hemingway, Mick? And it just it feels like something got lost in the writers' room there. Completely, I'm like. Why would he yell at Ray? Ray never called him a fucking weasel. Mick did. <laughs> I couldn't even remember. I couldn't remember him being called a weasel one way or the other. So uh, like, all the, the time. Was that? Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, I, I was, I, at that point, I would have been like, I would have been. Like, uh, oh no, that's where Mick should have called him as a as a as an author. He hmm. should have been ah ah ah. Wind in the willows, my friend. <laughs> so. Constantine says, well, since we're not doing anything, Ray, you can just go and do whatever you want. And what Ray Palmer wants to do is get some because that's what is going on in this. Yeah. 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 And hmm, you're going to hate it. See, in this part, I'm going to tell you all the stuff with the gals in the jail cell. I enjoyed. I like my least favorite part of the show. It's my, it's and now my favorite. I thought it was garbage. I thought it read like, like the, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what it read like. It read like a stunt coordinator directing sex in the city. <laughs> it was shit, man. I, I liked it. them. I, I liked them. Not this. No, I, I mean, I'll tell you right now. I don't like uh, who you're saying was getting shit on. And I am Mona. Mona. Yeah. Well, that's just it. Look, I didn't like, I didn't like, I didn't like Mona at first either, but the reason I'm not going into the, because it it takes it from like, well, she's a, she's a written as an annoying character and she's an annoying character and that's what she's doing. And the criticism on IMDb and shit goes a little farther than that. So 
but yeah, does she no, got in, nature, she gets under my skin too. Yeah, she gets. I just, but I grew, but I've grown through rewatch to really appreciate her and knowing where her character goes. I just thought performances, everything here was so forced, and this is even from like, a, like I don't mind the the actor who plays Nora, and I think the the woman who plays Ava is pretty good. Um, but it just, boy, oh boy, we got that shitty dialogue on top of just out of it. Just did not feel. It felt so we are doing what this is the way humans do a a the girls on a night out for the television series. It just it was not for me. See, I I I found it charming. So we'll, we'll just you know, we're going to get to it. So Ray shows up. And even immediately knows he's like no she's like no conjugal visits, and it might take all of my three rewatches of this for this time for me to realize that oh Ray really was trying to get there to fuck. I'm like oh I never picked up on that before, but there's a point that because he's trapped in the fucking letter you're like well why can't Ray get out of that he can grow out he's how can Ray get trapped in glue, that's stupid. He's, he doesn't want to get caught because he was trying to sneak in there to get home oh, oh, hey, okay, in jail. Sense. Yeah. Conjugal visit sex. Mm-hmm. Better than that. That Adam suit could it just. The one thing better than makeup sex, according to George and Jerry. That Adam suit can get all up in them guts. Oof. Uh, that's disturbing. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you're sweet, but I don't believe it. Uh, because he's like, oh, I just want to see what she's doing. Okay. Mona pops up and is all like extra goofy about like, was I eavesdropping? Or I'm here to help you with your true love. Yeah. And well, that's just it. it again, it's love the dialogue. I, I when you see her with good dialogue, she's super fun and charming. And you see her do this. I'm like, yeah, we're, here to, that, we're here to talk about tender is the naked. Everything that's happening in Tender is the Nate. And everything involving Mona in Tender is the Nate is <laughs> just not good to me. And she says, but she says she'll get a letter to Nora that Ray, we find out later, uh, shrinks down into. Uh, but then uh, uh, hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. Classic legends hijinks. See, you got to let it come natural, writers. So Ernest Hemingway is talking with Hank about bullfighting, and it's just awful. It's like, then look into the eyes of the beast. I'm like, oh, this is just nails on a chalkboard for me. And Nate's like, come on, Hank, we don't have time for this shit. And Hemingway wants to fight him. We don't put up your dukes. It's like, I do not get an Orson Welles vibe from this guy at all. I really? get like, I get a uh, Saturday, a 1940s Saturday afternoon serial character out of this hmm. guy. Because in Sarah pulls him away and he sees Mick. He's like, Oh, you're clearly a fe- fellow pugilist. And he's like, Author. He's like, yeah, my kind of man. And I'm like, Oh, God. I-, I know I'm-, I'm supposed to hate him because I hate him. <laughs> Nate shows Sarah and Hank drawing in front of the guy from Dolly. And they're like, I, I don't know what it is. And he's like, I-, I don't know what it is either. And that little gag made me giggle. I thought that was that was fun. It was all on uh, them. 
Oh, the drawing? Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're looking at he's like, look, I got this drawing. And they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really see it. And it's yeah. a little throwaway thing. And it's all all on uh, uh, Zano Wilson and Lots just mm-hmm. doing a 30-second gag and going, Oof, yeah, they, they, they could pull right. that off. And so Nate's like, well, we got to get to the library. And Hank's like, oh, fuck this. Not, no, bullshit, pussy son. And mm-hmm. we got to go chase it chase the beast and sarah's like look you're right you go look it up but we got to show him a good time so ernest hemingway hank and mick are off to hunt the beast and hank's starting to get it about the ledges he knows why this is fun and they're in the catacombs and hemingway you know looks at sarah she's holding the gun she's like you ever held a gun before and she was like once or twice click click and and he looks at Mick and goes, your friend is much woman. Like, what do you cling on? What the fuck is this? I don't get that either. I don't get that either. I mean, much I, woman. my what guess is that? my guess is uh, Mr. Clemmer or Matthew or Miss, Mr. Mala have, have like read a lot. I, I'm guessing these are all like direct lines from a lot of Hemingway's books. I doubt it. See, I, see my I, guess, my guess is. That's why they hate him so much. No, no, no. I think they have a real love-hate relationship with Hemingway. That's what I got from this. By the end, end, Nate just finishes with, he gives them the wisdom of Hemingway. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah, with the whole, I can't believe I'm saying, I can't believe I'm going to have to quote Hemingway. Exactly, because that's what the the point of this is. Because he couldn't completely shit on him. Well, no, he could have completely shit on his father or the reason for having a father or a father who has like occasionally more masculine than we might like views kind of thing right well, let me ask Look, you is this. That, like that part of, like the, the broad strokes there like the theme is there that's the theme is like yeah we're gonna complain like, this guy's just a big lunkhead who's gonna keep saying these dumb things he's gonna keep being mr macho but in the end it's it's his it's that uh it's precisely what nate says which is the lesson that they've learned from this whole fucking thing so I don't think he's entirely the villain. The The Minotaur is the villain. Oh, I do not agree at all. Okay. okay. Because they make it clear he's hiding. He's hi- Charlie says, uh-uh, he's hiding because his father rejected him. So he yeah. just, you know, he's just right. a poor, he's just a poor beast. Right. So Nora and Mona, uh, Nora walks in on Mona. <laughs> Mona walks in on Nora, who's almost finished with this book and ruins it for her and they're trying to give her the letter sets off the fucking alarm ava comes down and uh, i was like what's in this letter and nora explodes her magic and they're trapped in the cage so nate in paris is uh trying to find the wave rider and runs into charlie and they bicker for a little bit and they're they're bickering uh gains the attention of scott and zelda fitzgerald there we go so here we go. You want to take it from here? Yeah, I'll say my friend. I, I, I could say my friend, Jason McKinnon. Um, I worked with him on a commercial for KY Duration. Well, we worked on well, we oh, in wow. different wait, spots. Wait, hold on a second. In different you and this spots. Guy, you and this guy did the commercial for KY? Yep, yep. Nice. Uh, yeah, he was like uh, two separate ones. And uh, and then and I've seen him at many auditions since. He's always had uh, kind things to say. And so I was... Uh, mm. I watched this late last night or, or yesterday afternoon and I didn't think we have a lot of time. So I reached out to him. I knew he'd be busy because this guy is a, this guy's a working actor. He's on Firefly Lane. He's uh, all over the place. He's awesome. 
Uh, so I just reached out to him. I said, hey, just give me, just tell me um, what stood out uh, from your Legends experience as opposed to some of the other shows you've worked on. He said, uh, and he just really uh, echoes kind of what we had noticed, especially about today's episode, is the obvious cool part of filming that show was being able to immerse yourself in another time period. Set decoration, costumes, everything. Also, it was cool to see all the behind the scenes for the stunts, a.k.a. the fight with the Minotaur, etc. So you see how, uh, and again, so thanks, Jay, for doing that. That's awesome. Um, oh, yeah, man. That's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, it's uh, That's cool that he's, you know, that, that kind of gives uh, us a bit of, uh, or it gives at least me a bit of uh, vindication that, uh, that, you know, I'm not just being a grouchy prick as i'm watching these things because we're noticed or, or at least today's episode um it's because that's what we had said is, uh, is 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 standing out here today and but especially and i like the uh the, the minotaur the look of the minotaur not bad not bad it's not their worst we're about, we're about to get there yeah okay but you gotta how many now dinos is hard oh oh how many oh components yeah. for oh. your pal here okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah so i'm not gonna I'm not gonna like. What's the highest we've gone is like a one for like Billy Zane as PT Barnum. I think one is perfect. Right? One is yeah, perfect. one is perfect. I go about two and a half for for Scott, uh, for F Scott Fitzgerald, for his wife. I go a little closer to like four and a half. Um, she gets a little too much more. Boy, gee, wow, wow, Bob, Betty, boop, Betty, boop. Oh they no, nice no, chemistry together. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Oh, but honey, darling, I thought we yes. were the most battlingest of all the couples right, in Paris. Right. Why yeah. I don't even make heads or tails. Whereas, and Paris. honestly, yeah, yeah, and we're honestly like, I, but with Jason, I was noticing like the little uh, mannerisms and things he was doing. This guy had done his homework. I thought he did a great job. I'm not just pumping your tires Jay, uh, if you're listening yeah, here today. Right. i mean no 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 i i like hey i could have gone i could have gone full one billy zane on him here but but no i thought uh uh among the best we've seen i, I i'm gonna give him a th- uh three okay yeah uh I, I liked his delivery of gin ricky yes. what a gin ricky yes. um <laughs> her i'm gonna go four as annoying as she was, um, wowzers. <laughs> just yeah, adorable. 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 Oh, adorable. my goodness. Adorable. Oh, my goodness. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they even, I mean, when it goes into pure comedy, when there's the big fight in the bar, and there's a whole bit about, like, hide behind the bar. Oh, smashing idea. And they, right. they're getting fucked right. up. And it's like it it's like up. literally this damn the it, roaring twenties, the roaring twenties. <laughs> the Fitzgeralds were hilarious alcoholics. <laughs> On an opium <laughs> jag. <laughs> so they're having drinks with gin Rickies with the Fitzgeralds, and Charlie sees the picture and she goes, "Oh, that's a monitor." And uh, and she explains that uh, this one was hiding. And so Nate goes off to the wave rider and shit. So in the catacombs, my friends, fit uh, almost said Fitzgerald Hemingway, Hank, Mick, who's got his own gun, and Hemingway's very impressed by his weapon, and Sarah. They come upon I don't know, man. When I first saw that, when I saw when I saw this thing, I'm like yeah. they found the Cholock. 
The Cholak is loose. Cholak, totally. Cholak. The Cholak is loose in 1927 Mr. Paris. I read. That's a, a, the highlight of our series. Yukon Moose Cholak. Oh, let me tell you this. This character doesn't, we see him again. He's forever and now forevermore. He is the Cholak. The Cholak. Awesome. Mm-hmm. awesome. So <laughs> the Fitzgerald's Minotaur. I wonder if it's a local, uh, local, uh, Cholak. <laughs> no, Daniel Cudmore. Mm. He's been in, uh, uh, Arrow. He was in season four of Arrow. And then as I see here, season four of, uh, Legends of, Oh, he also played. Uh, he played Grodd in Act in Welcome to the Jungle. He also he plays William Lang and Gridlock. In Was he played Grodd? Flash. Yeah, this is uncredited here in Welcome to the Jungle. Because normally when we see Grodd, you CGI, right? You CGI. So yeah, but also in Superman and Lois, he played uh, David Fugelstead in the Perks of mm. Being a Wallflower. So this guy is uh, Mr. Cozy's calling him a lot. That's cool. <laughs> Wonder. You think you could have pulled off the Cholak? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'd be like uh, they emaciated if like so, if they if they did something that that like the the song like took the took the 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 life out of them. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like just a guttural moan again, like our boy George Steele. George Steele. That's your that, that's your exact reaction to James Taylor music, though, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, I don't. I love James Taylor. I'm a yeah, huge James I Taylor fan. I, yeah, and there's some, there's some great, there's some uh, great James Taylor songs. Yeah, and I'll I get it out know. of the way. I yeah. don't know how you felt about it, but one of my favorite things in the episode was Tom Wilson singing "Sweet Baby James" to the Cholock and putting it to uh, sleep. I loved it. Uh, loved I it. It was trash. <laughs> oh, I Sorry. It. I love it. Just it. there's just the timing of it. Didn't feel. It it just came out of nowhere. It didn't feel this this episode just didn't have a rhythm to it when it would there was times when it would start to pick up rhythm uh when well, things were moving along but uh i agree like but that, that moment yeah. i, I love that moment so much they just they just released a uh, legends soundtrack of usually when they release soundtracks for these shows it's just all the orchestral stuff they just released yeah. a soundtrack of every musical moment that's happened on the show oh, and yeah. It's on there, and I've listened to it and enjoyed it. How much I enjoyed that moment! I dug it so much. Yeah. So even though it, they had to it, get is there, is it really? Is it Tom Wilson singing? Yeah, that's Tom Wilson yeah. singing. Yeah. And it just it just felt like uh, like you know how it is when they're when they're adding ADR to something and it just sounds so. Oh, it's very different. ADR. It's yeah. very and, ADR, but it's and, but like it, that at the best of times can be uh, a jarring kind of shift, but. In this one, when it when it comes, it just it felt it didn't feel like that. It was like a, a climax of sorts. Oh, see, I, I I I just I just disagree. I loved it. Okay, I thought it worked like a fucking charm. And with the only, but they had to get to it. The way they had to get to it is Nate going. I don't like the things you like. I don't like golf or right. TV golf or Tom Clancy or seventies folk rock. Right. Uh, so that to me, that's the clangor yeah, of no, how to get, I get there. It. Yeah. No, it's a. It makes sense. Why but, I would start singing, yeah. But I just I enjoy that so much because that's how he learns about how to be a legend. A legend mission, a legend's mission is, you know, ends with wacky shit like that. So that that's one of my favorite parts of this episode. Um, I know, and like the and the broad strokes are 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 good. I'll say this again: is it it shows that there is tenderness in 
this like hard as nails, like old kind of thing. Just as there is tenderness in the knife, <laughs> Papa Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> so in the catacombs, Ernest, see, Ernest Hemingway goes to shoot first over Mick with the line, I've got this, mine's longer. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, yeah. look, I'm not against the whole making fun of Hemingway-esque macho bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes it's how it's done. Right. <laughs> like, like, he's an, am I supposed to, I'm so annoyed with him. I, I'm so annoyed with this character, and they just every choice they have him do is helping to make me more annoyed at him. Right. You know, someone's gonna someone's gonna uh, comment on this one. This won't cook. It just won't stop talking. How much he hates macho shit. Holy <laughs> shit! So yeah, my, so McKinnon's uh, our boy Jay is in next episode too. He's in Hell No Dolly as well. He is. I have to talk to him about that as well. Maybe he should come on the show, Joe. Yeah, maybe he see if he's not. He's a super busy guy. I do. That'd be fucking awesome. Uh, I love the, the, the. I really love the next episode too. Cool. But let's get back right. to this one, okay? Because the, the Cholak swats away the bullets with his axe. Sarah tries to fight it. Hank gets cut, so they have to retreat. And on the Wave Rider, uh, Hank is uh, quoting Hemingway, wanting to go back and fight, and Gideon dopes him. So we're back to the ladies in the cell and. Mona's talking about how much she likes Ray and Nora. And uh, Ava gives the line that, surprising that they didn't lose their view, some of their uh, viewership for this line. When she goes, hey, no shipping the inmates. I was like, oh, you've got to be careful with that. Making fun of the shippers. <laughs> with this fucking show. Yes. Learn that firsthand. But again, like as soon as I hear that, I'm like, if this had been, if this had been on TV at that time, I probably would have changed the channel. <laughs> Well, Mona says it looks at her 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 out uh, gay boss and says, "Look, it's all my fault. If it gets down to it, you can eat me first. And I'm like, "Was that?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, were yeah. they trying to make what kind of joke were they trying to make there? Because it's too stupid to not be I what know. I think it's supposed to be. No, it's just dumb. It's just meant to be like a cannibalism because she's." It's- Right, but okay. Ava's gonna fire her, and then she goes to get the cake and just makes Ava matter. And I, I just really liked uh Courtney Ford's going. She's like, she's like, oh, the bonus says like, I should stop on making it worse. And she's like, no, just please keep going. This is fucking great. It made me laugh. Her watching this all fall apart. I thought she was fun. I just really like her. So we find out that Mona, her fallback is Yale Law School. And she's doing this because she loves it. And, uh, Ava's saying, you should listen to your parents. And Nora's like, you don't listen to your parents. They'll turn you into a witch, you know, in a cult. That's what happened to me. And it just gets to Ava and Nora talking about their fucked up non-childhoods and what their childhoods were. And Mona brings out a bottle of wine and they get drunk and they do a little act drunk. And one thing I did like about Ramona Young's performance here is I'm like, that's a good act drunk. She uh, the, that convinced me. I'm like, yeah, okay. That, it's tough. But Ava calls Mona a gem and they all become buddies. I can just skip over. We already did all that. On the wave rider, 
Constantine is making the musk of a female Cholak. I like this. And Nate's like, smells like a wet dog. Did you guys get a dog? Because he had the idea for a team dog. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like, and he's like, oh, I bet you're having pizza parties after missions now, right? That was nice. I like pizza parties. Me too. So they figure, well, we, that's how we get the Cholak, but how do we subdue the Cholak? So Nate goes and gets a magic book because the, the one of the other big points uh, here is him proving to his father yeah, he knows what, was, what he's doing as a superhero. Okay, I know you thought their drama was already over and done with. Throughout this entire season, it's the ongoing back and forth of them reconciling all those years apart. The, they're not just suddenly best friends. We're going to get more of this. Nate and Hank. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. This is, yeah. yeah I, you know, one of the main themes of this episode is the reconnection of these two. It, it never connects. And then that's just it. It's always going to be a, a concern. Okay. Then we get this, this, this dialogue I liked, because it was like Abbott and Costello. They figure out they need to play a loot to uh, put this thing to sleep. And that wakes Mick up. He says loot looks over at the loot he goes that's not a loot and Constantine goes yeah it's more of a liar and he goes everyone's a liar and goes back to sleep <laughs> it's like pretty awesome not bad no, that was good too not and bad. then there's another and uh, yeah it just like, it seemed like every time Matt Ryan walks into frame like all of a sudden the the show becomes good again for uh, <laughs> or just like it reminds you of like how how awesome it can be um because then he had that other light he's like that can't be used as a weapon or then what does he say like somebody said, you can't use a, a loot as loot is like, ah, uh, you, you ever seen what Sting can do or something? Yeah, something about like, it's like, yeah. yeah, I guess you haven't seen it in the hands of a man called Sting. Sting. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So brilliant. Like that. That's brilliant. Which in the IMDb, there's at least eight people who are like, which is clearly a reference to the fact that the character was originally drawn to look like Sting. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, based on which is clearly a reference to a surfer sting who, during the <laughs> 1989 Bash of the Beach, uh, brought out a similar uh, loot. Hit <laughs> Arn Anderson with a loot. He hit Yukon Yukon Moose Cholak was doing a one shot. <laughs> sting put him to sleep. <laughs> So he, Nate and Hank argue and uh, about what to do. And Sarah says, you know what? We're going with Nate. This is what we do. If you don't like it. Fuck you. You can fire us if, if we fuck this up. So then we cut to Hemingway BSing the crowd at the club with my favorite, the take that gave Dahlia too uh, on my phone list. Ooh. <laughs> when he says, I fired. Yeah. And then a Cholak attack. It's a Cholak attack. Hemingway gets up and goes like, and goes, Oh, you want another round? And wants to box the fucking Cholak? I'm like, oh, fucking, can we kill him already? I hate That's this great. character. But he's fucking smashed. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's. It's because he's drunk on, 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 on something and and machismo, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a deadly combination. Oh, ugh, I hate him. Um, and Constantine shows up, and with the the, the musk. And Nate starts playing the lute, and it's working. The Cholak is going to sleep. 
until Hemingway goes, all right, now, and pulls out his gun and tries to fucking shoot it. And Sarah has to kick the shit out of Hemingway, which is my, one of my favorite parts of the episode. Because I've been, you were saying that you thought eventually Hank would be the person to get punched in the face. To me, this entire episode was leading to Hemingway getting fucked punched in the face oh, by yeah. Sarah Lance. I mean, it has to that be part was of what the, they were going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it would have been nice to have seen Hank get punched too. And that's when she gets in the line about like eighth grade reading list. Then, uh, were you a fan? How much Hemingway have you read? Uh, old man in the sea. But I teach uh, hills like white. I tell. I teach Hills Like White Elephants all the time. Hills Like White Elephants is a short story by Hemingway. is fucking awesome. It's the best. And it's a feminist piece. For a guy who's known for being, uh, and rightfully so, like sexist in some of his writing and stuff like that, um, Hills Like White Elephants is a must read. I'd say that to everybody right now. And also, we've all read what he considers to be his greatest piece he's ever written. You know what that is, right? The six-word story? Uh, no. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, Thanks. I don't, I don't, I don't put them, like, I love, dude, I love the modernists. I fucking love the modernists. I love James Joyce. I love Ezra Pound. I really like Virginia Woolf. This was my, when I was getting my English degree, and you get thrown all of this shit from all over the, the different eras and stuff, and some of it will stick, and some of it's just, oh my gosh, like, 18... 18- 19th century literature is just the worst, but the, the from like 1920 to 1930, from 1922 in particular, ooh baby, that's like and and like I'm not saying it like like I pick it up um, any day of the any day of the week, like oh I'm gonna read a you know portrait of the artist as a young man this this week, not a chance. I loved it because I was able to sit in a classroom with professors and a bunch of other students to like discuss this shit so we could try to understand it. You know what I mean? It's so good, but it, but it requires uh, a level of intelligence that I, I, I still, you know, I'd like to think I'm, I'm not, I'm not the dumbest stump in the, in the lake. That's the saying, right? Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> you're dumber. You're dumber than eight stumps in a stump lake, motherfucker. No, no. Number seven, man. Look at him. He ain't even know what's up. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is <laughs> the modernist, I could not read. I, it's not something you can just pick up and like, oh, I see what's going on here. You got to be cultured AF, right? So for whatever you, you know, and Hemingway, you know, he's because he's American. So he's kind of more on the outskirts of the, uh, of the modernists, but he's still there. Oh man. And the way the Cubans, I got to go to a bar in Havana where they have his chair where uh-huh. he sat, uh, like they hold him in such high regard. There's something to uh, Ernest Hemingway. Okay, well, okay, I'll tell you this. Okay, I was never, I read Old Man the Sea, other stuff I tried to read, and Old Man the Sea I thought was okay and it bored me. And, uh, but when we went to Key West, we of course went to Hemingway's house because it, it was the one touristy thing my wife insisted we do. Because you go to Hemingway's place and uh, they still have the descendants of his famous six, six-toed cats. Or some shit like that. They still roam the, the fucking grounds. And they're just, you know, it's just this tour of this fucking house. So, you know, it's big. I'm like, big fucking deal. I don't care. You know, I don't give a shit. My wife wanted to do it. Luckily, we got the most flamboyantly gay 
tour guide because they had like three different tour guides and we got this guy and he was Jim J bullocking the the tour was wonderful he's like and in there you could see papa's typewriter who knows what he might have been writing uh on the day he died oh and then they showed us the it's a urinal that's buried in the backyard and the story was when the original sloppy joe's was being torn down he was drunk and went and brought the urinal and brought it home and left it in the backyard and insisted it stay there. And this guy's like, and I will tell you what, Mrs. Hemingway was not happy about that. Mm. <laughs> I was, I was, I was joyful. I was like, yeah. this is the best tour ever. <laughs> That's great. He was great. I loved that guy. I tipped That's him awesome. well. That's awesome. <laughs> so the Cholock uh, whacks Nate across the room before he could turn into steel. The loot breaks. Nate gets in a line about how oh, he's preferred Faulkner. So, yeah, yeah I don't, a- I like, I oh, know, I would, oh, psh, oh, no, I would take Hemingway over Faulkner. I've read, I'd read, the Faulkner was one of those uh, we had to read uh, I, uh, along the, t- the way a lot for that English degree. And it did not click with me the way that the others did. My, f- <laughs> my favorite. Like I never really uh, enjoyed the the stuff from the twenties. It's for me, it's the thirties when like I'm a like Steinbeck grabbed me, yeah, and and from going on from there, I just I always had a hard time with all of the with with Fitzgerald as well. Just I just didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I thought it was fine, but anyway, I I, I liked I liked Twain. I would, I would read Mark Twain in the original. I was like, I love mm. this. You know, mm. I, I loved Mark Twain. Interesting. You know who was the shits, no matter what? Um, Washington Irving. Or, or who, who wrote, uh, who wrote, um, who wrote uh, Last of the Mohicans? James Fenimore Cooper. I never read. The worst. The worst that was we were told was great as kids. And then you go back. Oh, yeah. and it's, it stinks. It's the worst. Indecipherable. Much like this episode and this podcast. We are all over the place tonight. I know. So the gals are eating cake. And uh, Ava's like, come on, open up the letter. I want to see what a Ray Palmer love letter looks like. There's probably fucking glitter or some shit. And they open it up. And that's why Ray was, why Ray is stuck. And Ray lies again. because He's clearly lying. Ava's on to him. And he's like, okay, come on, Romeo. Get us out of here. And that's the end of that. Ray got cock blocked. That's poor Ray. Cholak. He's fighting with Sarah at the club. She gets knocked down. The, he goes after Dolly, and uh, Hank uh, sticks up for Dolly, and, uh, and Nate steals up, and Hank says, that's my boy. But the Cholock immediately chokes him back into flesh because they don't have enough budget for that steal. Mm. Guess not. Guess not. And Hank picks up the guitar. We already talked about it. He plays Sweet Baby James, and it works. Mm-hmm. And that comes over. He's like, you know, good job. He's like, oh, I learned it from you, Nathaniel. And yeah, yeah. Man. So that, that, I mean, yes, again, like, that's your main arc here, right, is is that, that moment. Um, the main arc is for Hank to realize that the way the legends get things done is through crazy hijinks like this. Yeah, yeah. A good, and a, he gets a good mix of, of brawn and a little bit of tenderness, <laughs> much like the writing. Of one Ernest Hemingway. Now, if y'all could see a gift shop on the way out, 
<laughs> he said that. Oh, he yeah. definitely said that. <laughs> you know, one thing I, I, it was in the IMDb and I left out, but it, <laughs> I got to do it in that guy's voice. Tender is the night is the reference to the F. Scott Fitzgerald novel, Tender is the Night. Uh, I want to bring this guy back. He sounds like a sweetheart. <laughs> I feel like I feel like he could show up in Mystery Titans Theater, to be honest. Oh, I believe he will be showing up at Mystery Titans Theater. I having way to He's the best, man. <laughs> he makes he makes the worst shit great. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back at Mona at work and Ava's is not gonna fire her, and she's like, you know what? It's fine. We'll put some fake. How about these? How about these fake uh, plastic palm trees that we got from the garden center of the Home Depot into the the copay? Is that better? And uh, she gets to scratch his tummy. Mm -hmm. The sexy, sexy copay. We're going to get some more uh, close-up shots of the copay in upcoming episodes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's the the sexy, sexy copay, baby. Pretty pretty indifferent to the copay. (laughs) Mm, that's gonna change my friend definitely gonna change them i'll have an opinion about the copay oh you're gonna have a lot of opinions about the copay i don't want one of them is gonna be one of them is going to be one of your favorite things on this show i can't remember if they pull it off well or not but you're going to love it okay what they do with the copay okay Mm -hmm. he has a name that's his race but we'll get to his name later so Hank's fine with Grogu. it. Grogu. Like, it's Grogu. It's Grogu. Yeah, you got it. So Hank, they do this line where Hank's with Sarah. He goes, that was a wasteful and chaotic mess. I love it. And like, we just did that joke with him last episode. Mm-hmm. Same. Who said that was a wasteful Hank. and chaotic mess? Hank's okay. like, that was a chaotic, like he's yelling at them. And then he right. turns at the end and he's like, oh, but it was great. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hank leaves. Uh, Nate tells Sarah it's time for him to leave. You know he, He's ready to go. He's going to go work at the Time Bureau. He's done being on the Wave Rider. And they really ape the Jack's goodbye scene here. But they're, yeah. they're working you, Travis, because he's not leaving the team. This, but when, I, when I watched this for the first time, I wasn't following any of this on social media. I'm like, Guess he's leaving the fucking show or something. I didn't know what was going on, but no, right. it's just a story device. But it feels like a, a goodbye. Yeah, Dad, it is interesting. It's just him committing to the time bureau, right? Yeah, and just and not adventuring anymore, and uh, right. and just being there. And he walks in, and they're having a pizza party, just like he suggested. And Mick sees him and goes, "Hey, ugly," which I thought was cute because he always calls him pretty, and he's like thought that was kind of nice it was sweet he has nate has other ideas he's like, well pizza parties how about this that and the other how about unionizing mm-hmm. uh-uh and not. uh he gives a sweet going away speech about you know how this place made him the man he is and sees charlie and tells her you'll find your place and like i said this one i much like we described season one as a entertaining train wreck 
this was one of my entertaining train wrecks. There's so much I liked about this, but there's a lot that's just, like I said, plot lines that don't go anywhere, really shitty dialogue, but the art direction, I like the song. It's I like a, the it's a real I like the, I like the inclusion of uh, like the anytime they're including like legit um, legends and mythology. Count me in. Mm-hmm. That's my jam. The fact that I've been waiting two weeks to call it the Cholock. Oh God, Cholock. I've been sitting on that forever, <laughs> my friend. Well, thanks, Travis. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, you can follow us at Guys Gideon on Twitter. Follow Travis at Jarvis Washing Machine on YouTube and Twitch for Mystery Titans Theater. Uh, be sure to check out Yours, Mine, and the Truth and all the other great shows on the Plum Podcast Network. And uh, we will talk to you next time.